Welcome to All Places Together. Here we believe that our stories are connected to one another and rooted in God's radical love for diverse creation. Wherever you are, whoever you are, however you are, take a deep breath. This week's episode is called Trusting Along the Way. Today at All Places Together, we are continuing our God's Boundless Diversity series by focusing on race and also celebrating Black History Month. I'm so excited to introduce y'all to our guest, but before I do, I want to frame our conversation by saying that what is shared today is a single story. And what I mean by that is that our guest today is a Black female pastor who's going to tell us about her particular experiences. She only speaks for herself. She does not speak for her entire race. She doesn't speak for all Black women. She doesn't even speak for all Black female pastors in the same way that I don't speak for all white female pastors. Her story is truth and power and grace and is also one story. So as you listen today and as you listen also in other parts of your life, I hope that you'll open your hearts to hear her story and also keep your hearts open to hear the stories of other Black, Indigenous, and people of color too. There is so much to learn from each and every story. So with that being said, I am over the moon to welcome the Reverend Dr. Phyllis Milton to All Places Together. Dr. Phil, as she is called by many, is a Lutheran pastor in Virginia. She has her doctorate in church leadership, development, and organizational systems, as well as a master's in education from Bethel Seminary in Minnesota. She also has a master's in business education from Georgia State. Phyllis was the second Black woman to be ordained in the Lutheran Church in Virginia, and she has served in many roles here. She's been a parish pastor, a synod director for faith formation, and an interim pastor. In her spare time, she loves listening to Motown music, all of the old classics, and her and her husband love going to the movies and are really looking forward to be able to do that again more safely here soon. Dr. Phil, welcome to All Places Together. It's so good to have you. Thank you, Colleen. Thank you for your invitation. This is a wonderful opportunity. So, Dr. Phil, as you shared with me during our planning session, you were not raised in the Lutheran Church. Would you start us off by sharing the story about how you found yourself in the Lutheran Church? Sure. Um, I was born in a little town called Leveland, Texas, and I went to the local black church there, and I was raised in a black church. But as I grew and I went to college, the local college there in town, South Plains Junior College, as it was known then, I became involved with what was called the BSU, the Baptist Student Union, which was a ministry, campus ministry, supported by Southern Baptists. So I became a Southern Baptist. and. Um, As you know that uh, in some Southern Baptist circles, the ministry of women, the ministry of black women in particularly, um, uh, is not open. Uh, It's not um, very uh, well defined as what those opportunities might be. And so even though I belong to a Southern Baptist church, I was finding 
the opportunities not available. And one Wednesday night, as I sat at uh, Wednesday night dinner, you know, where you have the big dinner and everybody's doing their thing, you've got music, you've got Bible studies, you've got children's activities. I really felt a strong sense of God telling me that there was no place for me there. And uh, it really broke my heart because I knew that was true. But being the, um, I won't say stubborn, but determined person that I am, you know, I was like, okay, God, you know, I'm going to prove to you that, you know, there is a place for me. So for about the next year, you know, I would visit different Southern Baptist churches and I did not find the welcome that I thought that should have been there. And so I finally decided, okay, God, you know, we're going to do this your way. And I said, but I have to do it the way that I feel comfortable of doing doing it. So I went to Barnes and Nobles and I bought a book on denominations and I went from cover to cover and I made a list as I went through of those denominations that the doctrine was something that I could live with, uh, not only live with, but to embrace and to accept, but that also offered diversity uh, offered opportunity for service in areas that women aren't usually seen in, um, and landed upon in my listing of these uh, Lutheranism or the ELCA. And so my first thought was, I need to go visit an ELCA Lutheran church. Well, at the end of my street, there happens to be, a, or happened to be, still is there, a little Lutheran church. Oh, Reformation what are the Lutheran chances? Church. And so I decided at the time I needed to go and visit and and check it out personally instead of just reading, you know, about the little paragraph that's in the book. Um, And so I went to the church and at the time they were big enough to have three services. And so I went to the early service, the middle of the day service, you know, and the 11 o'clock service and finally made an appointment to meet with the pastor who at the time was the Reverend uh, Jim Nichols. And to uh, meet with him and to ask him, you know, about Lutheranism, you know, and what were the opportunities for women and diversity. And um, the first time that I met with him in his office, uh, we sat down and he took out a book and he said, if you want to know about Lutherans and Lutheranism, we have to start with this book. And he took out this blue book and he pounded on the desk, you know, just kind of laid it hard on the desk. And uh, it was the Book of Concord. Can you pause and tell our tell our listeners what the Book of Concord is? Because I I also have the Blue Book from seminary and know how thick it is, but not everyone may may be able to appreciate what this is. So flesh this out a little bit for us. Everything is in the Book of Concord. You know, you have the big, uh, the large catechism. You have the small catechism. Uh, you have the small called articles. You know, everything that's that's central to Lutheranism is in that book. And it's like as thick of a Bible. Yeah, it is. It is, in a sense. And so we went from cover to cover. We would meet weekly. You know, we would go over. uh, He would answer every question that I had. Um, And this went on for several months until, uh, you know, he asked me, you know, what did I think about Lutheranism? You know, was I ready to be a part of the ministry there? And I said yes. So in 2007, I joined Reformation Lutheran Church and started this process of, uh, you know, walking this uh, new uh, adventure uh, in my spiritual life. Uh, At the same time, we also talked about opportunity. You know, what did I feel God was leading me to do in the church? And so to help me in that area of discernment, um, uh, he called the Senate office and uh, the late Pastor Chip Gunston came down to speak with me. 
And we had about an hour together and he wanted to know, you know, what uh, I saw as my gifts and, you know, what I could contribute and how God was leading and invited me to what was uh, what is called the vocations conference. And so went to the vocations conference to find out more about what it is, you know, to be a Lutheran pastor. And um, one thing that I will always remember, you know, after talking with him and several mem members of the uh, uh, candidacy committee, I was up in this uh, area that we'd have the meetings and I was by myself and having some alone time. And Pastor Chip came in and he sat beside me and uh, he looked at me and he said, you're the real deal. And oh. he got up and left. And to me, that was very affirming. And to just let me know, you know, that what I was doing, uh, what I was uh, discerning from God, that he affirmed that. And so, you know, went through candidacy committee, you know, and, and uh, jumped through all the hoops, so to speak. And uh, because I've already had my seminary, I was asked to go do what they call a Lutheran year and to get those things that um, I would need in order to um, carry out the ministry as a Lutheran pastor. And in 2010, I was approved uh, by the uh, candidacy committee to um, be a candidate for uh, uh, ministry, pastoral ministry here in the Virginia Synod. And then there was a long wait. <laughs> oh. um, because when I came out of LTSS, 2010-ish, uh, it was the same time that the economy was doing crazy things. I remember. I graduated college in 2009, and so this is like so many of my classmates, I think, went through what you were going to share, so please do tell. Yeah. You know, and the, the, uh, the economy was going crazy, and the ELCA was expecting a lot of retirements that year. But because the economy was doing its thing, a lot of the pensions, uh, you know, the, they just did not turn out, you know, the finances that people thought that they would. So a lot of people could not retire. So there wasn't all of this, you know, rush of retirees. So a lot of folks like me were left without places to serve. And so we had to wait. And in my case, I waited for a pastoral call until 2014. Wow. But before that, uh, around um, probably uh, October-ish frame time uh, with the Virginia Synod, the uh, former director of ACTS, the uh, pastor, uh, Gene Bozeman, uh, retired. And I got a call from the bishop. Now, at the time, because I did not have a place to serve, you know, you've got to have some income to help with family expenses. So I went to work at Chick-fil-A. Ah. Oh. Good chicken. Yeah, good chicken. <laughs> Went to work at Chick-fil-A and, you know, started like everybody else, you know, in the dining room and sweeping and trash and cleaning bathrooms and, and finally was asked to uh, become a night manager. And so around that time, around October or so, got a call from the bishop. At the time, Bishop Bonnie was saying that, hey, uh, can you help us out? We know that you're expertise is in education. You know, we need someone to continue acts and roots and wings and do some general Christian education. And I said, wow, you know, that would be wonderful. Because while I was at Chick-fil-A, and I didn't share this with you on yesterday, but every morning that I would get up and I would put on my uniform and I would look in that mirror 
I would tell myself, this is not where God wants you to be. <sighs> you know, and I knew that that there was something else for me. And so it was almost like an immediate answer to prayer. You know, no, I wasn't in a pastor yet, but I was working in God's church. And so um, I became leader of Acts and Roots and Wings and a general Christian education. And I served in that position for about five years. But in the midst of all of that, um, I was asked by uh, the uh, Reverend Dr. Charlie Bang to come to Gloria Day Lutheran Church to serve as their vicar for their school. And so I had a position at Gloria Day as the vicar for the school and to help uh, Pastor Charlie out with things at the church and also part-time, two part-time positions uh, with the Senate. So I was a very busy lady for a while. Yeah, sounds like it. <laughs> then Charlie, Pastor Charlie decided that he needed some help uh, church-wise, you know, a little bit more. And he says, you know, we need to get this this uh, uh, worker in Christ ordained so that she can fully uh, be in the life of the congregation in terms of ministry. And so on um, August 23rd, 2014, I was ordained as associate pastor for Glory Day Lutheran Church and served in team ministry with uh, Pastor Charlie Bang. I was at Gloria Day until 2021, January of 2021. And that, in my ministry at Gloria Day, I was their vicar associate pastor, pastor, interim pastor, an interim pastor during the wonderful time of COVID. Goodness. So I had a, a wonderful ministry, Gloria Day. I uh, left there in January 2021, thinking I was going to spend some time in my pajamas, and I did. And in about February, I received a call from Pastor Kathy Mims at first asking me if I would consider an interim associate position to come there and to use another set of my skills, which was administration to um, help them get uh, constitution up to date and some other uh, policies and procedures in place. And that was a wonderful time of service because it was the first time that I had served with a female pastor. And it was a unique situation because here you have a um, white female pastor and a black associate pastor. And us working together to lead the church was just awesome. And I was there from uh, March 1st till November the 1st. And that was a wonderful and unique time of ministry there. Uh, and now I'm, not that I was never uh, off on leave from call, <laughs> but once I left Gloria Day, I was put on leave from call. And during that process and reading what I call the fine print of our Lutheran polity documents, uh, discovered that uh, if you're on leave from call, you have uh, three years to find another call or to accept another call. But if you're on steady leave, you have six years. And so I decided to give myself the better chance of uh, uh, listening to God's voice and you know being open to another call is to find a program where I could go on steady leave. If you have listened to the, or if you did listen to the first uh, edition of um, Talks at the Desk, the African-American Descent program that they're putting on uh, for this uh, month of, of February, one of the pastors that they interviewed was talking about how long it takes for mm -hmm. African-American females. Mm -hmm. And... You mentioned the statistic five to eight years. 
And so to give myself that opportunity of having a longer length of time, because I know that as African-American females, it takes us longer to, to uh, receive a call. I thought it best that I uh, find a program that I could uh, uh, be in to lengthen, to give myself that extra time. And so I did find a wonderful program called the Faith and Justice Network. Our first semester was on spirituality. And uh, this semester that we're in now, we're looking at how Christians can live out their faith in the public life. And so it's been an interesting time. Uh, in some ways, I would say that I was, quote unquote, forced to find uh, something that would give me additional time to be available for a call but it has just been a blessing in disguise. And so while I'm on my study leave from call, uh, I've been engaged in um, you know, webinars and uh, of course, pulpit supply. Um, you know, I'm a ELCA uh, certified coach, so I've been doing a little coaching. Um, and you know, whatever, um, other ministry things that I could do to support my colleagues uh, here in the Virginia Senate. That is such a powerful story. And there are so many different things as you were speaking that stuck out to me. But I think one theme that I picked up on today was all of these different voices that have challenged you and encouraged you and supported you like going back you know to very early when you shared like you heard God's voice say like this isn't the place for you and then how you went out and did this research to find a denomination and and hearing you know your pastor's voice in that and your voice in that and then Chip coming to say to you like you're the real deal and then throughout this your story too all of these other encounters and people who have been able to celebrate and affirm your ministry and that even though it hasn't always been what it expected, you maybe had expected and it, it didn't really unfold in the timeline in the way that you had hoped that you've still been able to have such an impact. God has truly blessed my time in the ELCA and especially in the Virginia Senate. I had someone ask the other day, you know, when you were doing your research, you know, or when you, you know, joined the ELCA, did you know it was the quote unquote, you know, whitest denomination in the uh, United States? And I was going, no, because they don't write that in the book. No, no well, and probably not then, like maybe now, but like not, not then we were not like as open about that. Yeah. Right, right. But I have found the opportunity in the ELCA that uh, I did not find in the other denomination that I was in. More than just opportunity, I found acceptance, I found welcome. One of the things that really impressed me when I went to Reformation was the first time was the welcoming that uh, I received there. Uh, in my other denomination, it's almost like if you're a new person and you walk in, you're kind of like, you know, uh, fresh meat, you know, what, what oh, community yeah. do you want to be on? You know, where do you want to serve now? You know, and just to walk into a church and just to be welcome for who you are and, and that you're there to worship. It was just a different feeling. Well, and I want to share, too, for our listeners, um, we do do a video component. And so the other part of your story that 
that really stuck out to me is you sharing, you know, putting on your Chick-fil-A uniform and we eat at Chick-fil-A. I can see the red polo, like probably your name tag. And I'm looking at you now on my computer screen. You have your clerical collar on, like your new, like one of the kind of uniforms that pastors can wear. So, you know, I know you were a beloved child of God, no matter what you have on, but to hear that part of your story and see you in your collar today, that's really meaningful to me. It reminds me of my journey. Mm-hmm. Each time I put it on, it reminds me of my journey. And the neat part for me about that is I serve on the um, Virginia Senate Candidacy Committee, and I'm a relator to a couple of candidates. And I have the opportunity, you know, when especially when, you know, classes get difficult, you know, or things are not working out for them, you know, to sit with them and say, hey, it's, it's going to be okay. <laughs> You know, it's going to be a little rough right now, you know, and when you finish, you may have to wait, you know, but if this is what God has called you to, you know, God will find a way for it to happen for you. It may not be the way you want it to happen. You know, uh, I would have wanted a call immediately. Yeah, you know, of course. As soon as I was approved, but that was not the way that things worked out, you know, because at Chick-fil-A, I gained, you know, people skills. Sure. Yeah. You know, that I get, that I took with me into the ministry. Uh, so you know, God always has a way of blessing us, no matter where we find ourselves in at that moment. You know, of showing us, you know, hey, I'm still here with you. It's going to be okay. We're going to, you know, this is going to work out. Well, then I'd love to hear next about what some of those blessings have been during your pastoral ministry. What have been some of your biggest joys throughout your years of being a pastor? One of the deepest joys that I have is when I would have the opportunity to go to a shut-in's home or even to the hospital to share communion. Even when I'm in church, that's one of my deepest joys, you know, to have the bread and the wine and to sit there and to look them in the eye. And remind them, you know, that this is for you. You know, this is the body, this is the blood, you know, given for you. So that they know how precious that they are to God. Yeah. You know, how, how much this God loves them. Um, and then, you know, I just have, I guess you would call them the regular joys that you have in any pastoral ministry. Uh, especially for me, leading Vacation Bible School. Oh. Um, you know, being able to dance and sing with the kids. Bringing your Motown moves to the VBS. What lucky kids. I want to come. You know, and and, and um, teaching, you know, teaching is a great love of mine. Education is a great love of mine. Uh, back in the day, I used to have a consulting company called Filton Faith Development. And I would go around and teach uh, schools and churches, you know, the best way uh, according to brain-based science, you know, how to teach material so that they kids, their kids would uh, retain the information and be able to act on that information. I enjoy, you know, singing in a choir. I enjoy bells, you know. I just enjoy relationships with the congregation. It's just wonderful. I just love hearing you say all of that, and I can just hear the joy in your voice and at the same time, I'm also sure that there have been hard parts about it as well. Um, I'm sure especially related to um, being a Black woman in a very white denomination, in a very white church. And so I wonder what laments or, or hardships that you feel comfortable sharing 
no matter what aspect of ministry or your personhood that they're related to? I think if I were to say um, what was the, the biggest lament for me is that people found it hard to believe that a Black female pastor would lead a predominantly white church. Mm. And um, for instance, if I did a funeral at uh, Gloria Day, you know, I would welcome the people as they come in and I would introduce myself as the pastor and they go, really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, if I was visiting a um, parishioner in a hospital and they had a friend come in and they would introduce me as their pastor and they would, you know, kind of take a second look and really kind of be speechless, you know, until I got up and said, you know, hello. And because it, it was almost like, you know, this is, you know, this this can't be, you know, uh, like it was just very difficult for them to conceive of that because what they're used to, you know, is the white male, you know, up in the pulpit. And I think that it's it's important for us to to let our people know that that's not the norm anymore. Well, it really mm-hmm. shouldn't be the norm anymore. God has gifted all of us. Yes. And when I was at Gloria Day and I had to be away, I um, made sure that, you know, I could get a woman or another person of color, uh, you know, to come and fill the fill the pulpit because I wanted them to see that God has gifted, you know, many, many different kinds of people to share the good news of Christ. And so in one sense, I kind of made it my point to say, you know, yes, I am, you know, come visit us, come, you know, come, come and, and check us out. Our uh, school, more so than the church when I was at Gloria Day, reflected more of the community. And so those people were also invited to our church activities. And um, when they were come, you know, they were excited because they saw themselves in leadership. You know, someone who looked like them, you know, the little kids saw someone who looked like her or him, you know, that had leadership in this church. And I think that that's important, you know, that our children can see that, yes, you know, black women, black men, you know, uh, Latinos, Latinas, you know, all of us, all of God's creation are equipped, can be equipped to uh, share the good news from the pulpits of our congregations. That is such an important truth and gospel message to be able to share. And I also, I know that's hard when you're the object lesson and when it, like when it feels that way to, to, to put on that smile and be like, yes, I am the pastor when on the inside it can, I know at least for me, when I've had that experience just as a woman, it's like, yeah, okay, here we go again. Um, (laughs) I think the, the, um, the most uh, surprising for me is that when we had um, black visitors come to the church and I would introduce myself and they would have this um, smile of pride on their face, yeah. you know, to say this lady is not, you know, just somebody welcoming someone in the church. You know, this lady is the pastor. You know, they go around, hey, hey did you know she was the pastor here? <laughs> you know, and it was a, a source of pride, you know, that churches are open enough to see that they can expand, you know, even when they're looking for a new pastor, that they can expand their sense of who God is calling for us in this place. It's not just one type of person. It's many type of people. Yeah. And I think the power in there being diversity of leadership that 
you should have different pastors each time you call one. Like you don't have to call the same sort of person from before and to be open to the way that new people teach you new things about Jesus is, I think, really important. And one way of doing it is, you know, if pastor needs a break, okay, you know, who out there, you know, of a, um, that is different, you know, that is not the same old, same old, can we invite in to share the good news of God so that we expose ourselves to different people sharing God's word. Yes. Amen. Amen. And then to kind of wrap up our time together today, Phyllis, I wonder if there's a Bible verse or a Bible story or a Bible character um, that's really stuck with you throughout your faith journey, maybe in the ups and the downs that you'd like to share with us and why it's meaningful to you. Sure. I like to go to Proverbs and it's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And it says, trust the Lord completely. And don't depend on your own knowledge. With every step you take, think about what he wants, and he will help you go the right way. That has just been my scripture through this whole journey. Uh, You know, when I was approved and I was, you know, having to wait, you know, going, getting up every day, going to Chick-fil-A, you know, in my first call during my interim and now on study leave from call especially, during this uh, liminal time, you know, to say to God, okay, God, what's next? You know, not to get ahead, you know, but what's next? To put my trust in him and that whatever he has in this next season of my life will be the adventure that uh, I will be on. And so I, I, in some sense, I can say, yes, I am patient because I have that peace that I know, you know, God's working this all out. But on my human side, you know, (laughs) I'm ready to go. But this time has been a time of learning. It's been a time of um, growth. Uh, It's been a time of uh, relationship, especially spiritually, uh, that sometimes we don't get as pastors when we're active in the parish. And so I'm treasuring this time for that. I can just hear your faith and and the wisdom in it of of really trying to get all that you can out of each season. And even if you're in a season that you don't necessarily want to be in or it's like lasting a little bit longer than you would have hoped that God is still with you in that and there's still so much grace and love for you in that place. I think that's something really relatable right now. I think a lot of people, especially like with the lingering pandemic, are finding themselves like wanting a next chapter, but like it's not coming yet. And so I hope and I'm sure that your words will be an encouragement to people who find themselves kind of waiting, waiting too. Waiting's not bad. It's hard, but it's not bad. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Well, Dr. Phil, thank you so much for joining us here at All Places Together. It has been my deep joy to get to listen to your story and to be able to share it with our community. Thank you again so much for being with us. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you.
prayer for trust along the way. God of all people and places, you are with me wherever I go and whatever path I follow. Open my ears to hear your voice however you speak to me. Strengthen my heart and mind to trust in your provision even when times are difficult. Always keep my heart open to learn from stories of others and keep my eyes open to see where you are working in new ways. No matter what path I am on, use me as a tool for justice and peace building so that all people may live in safety, security, and dignity. Amen. Thank you for joining us at All Places Together. If you heard yourself or someone you know in these stories today, we hope you heard God too. As you continue to celebrate and honor Black History Month, I'd like to lift up some additional resources for you. Links to everything of what I talk about will be in the show notes. First is that our sponsoring organization, the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, is releasing a four-part video series called Talks at the Desk. Dr. Phil mentioned this in her storytelling as well. And this is one of the ways that we're celebrating Black history and Black Lutherans. Three out of the four episodes are live now, and I have watched them all and have been so moved by the stories of faith being seen there. I think watching these would provide additional stories that would really complement well what you heard from Phyllis today. Now a recommendation for those of us who have kids or who are kids at heart or just want an easy read when it comes to history. This last week, I listened to Little Leaders, Bold Women in Black History to get some more Black girl magic in my life. I learned about the amazing accomplishments of Black women in the United States, and it's a really great read for children and adults. The same author also has a book about exceptional men in Black history, and that one is called Little Legends. At the link, you'll be taken to the author's page to learn more about each of those and some of her other works as well. Finally, my recommendation for a thorough history remains Ibram Kendi's Stamped from the Beginning. This is a comprehensive and very thorough study of racism in the United States. It is one of, I think, the most important books that I have read in my adult life when it comes to understanding the systems of racism in the United States. I think I would consistently put it in my top three. So there's a link for that as well. In your commemoration of Black History Month, I hope your heart is inspired by the black girl magic and black boy joy that you encounter. I also hope that your heart is motivated to continue to join in the work of building the kingdom of God on earth, part of which is making the world a safer and better place for black indigenous and people of color, no matter their gender or age. To continue to see all places together grow, you can give through our website, Scroll to the bottom where it says give to all places together and press that button. From there, you'll be redirected to our giving platform. 
Thanks to our mission partners, the Virginia Synod and the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, and people like you who have shared gifts. We know it can be hard to give financially. So don't forget that we celebrate all of the ways that you share the stories of all places together with the people in your life. And also all of the times that you engage with the APT community online throughout the week. I hope you'll consider sharing this week's episode with someone who needs some encouragement during a season of waiting. Until next time, remember that God loves you and is with you wherever, whoever, and however you are.